What's up, everybody? This is Carmine Davis, and you're listening to The Carmine Davis Show. What the fuck is up? What is up, y'all? It's been a crazy week for me. Um, I'm not even going to lie. I'm going to hold you. But before we get into that, make sure you rate, review, like, uh, share this podcast. Because I don't do it for my health. Um, we Last week, we did a really, really impressive um, jump from the previous season. And I thank y'all for that. Um, <clears throat> um Man, like, what a great week. Um, but a challenging week. Um, I read my astrology, of course, my horoscope, and it said this week is going to be more about challenges and dealing with self-doubt and holding on to my creativity and focusing on making sure that things aren't too perfect and I don't ever get wrapped up into it. But, of course, what did I do? Go and get into my creativity and make sure that everything is perfect. Um, but that's my thing. I'm a perfectionist. I like to um, sit back and worry about what every little tick, every little thing, every little um, note that comes out of my my mouth when I'm singing sounds like, and I bang it and bang it and bang it until it does sound right. And if it doesn't, I'll come back to it later. So that's where I've been at the last week, trying to do my best to not try to be so perfect. Um, Also, I think my creative flow and how I do things is that I'm very private when I I have my creativity. Even when I'm writing with someone, I go off and I come back with what I have. Um, Isolation. Even when I was writing with people, um, actually in Atlanta a couple of years ago, um, before I lived here, um, I used to go in bathrooms. And write and sit in the bathroom and sit on the bathroom floor and write like I did when I was a kid. So I don't know. I've just been this last week. I've been thinking about my creative flow and how, um, you know, mm, it says a lot about you. But anyway, you didn't come here to hear about that. You want to hear about the hot topic this week. We always start out with a hot topic. And this one is from none other than lovebyscott.com. Shout out to lovebyscott.com over there. Um, and this one's someone who I want to, I got to get some shit off my chest towards. Um, Caitlyn Jenner tells Hannity, friends are fleeing California because of homeless people. <sighs> All right. In an interview with Sean Hannity about her run to become governor of California, Caitlyn Jenner decided to speak on some important issues within the state. Jenner, who launched her campaign last month to run in a recall election aimed at Deposing Newsom, Newsom targeted the Democratic governor for the state's taxes and homeless population. My friends are leaving California, Jenner said in a Wednesday interview with Fox News's, oh God, Sean Hannity filmed at her airplane hangar in Malibu, California. She added that she spoke with someone who was packing up his hangar and moving out of the state. I said, where are you going? And he says, I'm moving to Sedona, Arizona. I can't take it here anymore. And I can't walk down the street and see the homeless. Jenner said. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. The Olympic gold medal winner during the interview also touted former President Trump as a disruptor. 
What I liked about Donald Trump is he was a disruptor. You know, he came in and shook the system up. Okay, a lot of people didn't like that in Washington, D.C., but he came in and shook the system up. I think he did some things that I agree with, some things I didn't agree with, Jenner said. I am all for the wall, Jenner added. (laughs) I would secure the wall. We can't have a state, we can't have a country without a secure wall. You have two questions here, he said. One is stopping people from coming in illegally into the state. And then there's a second question is what do we do with the people that are here? She also said that the U.S. is a compassionate country. Okay, we are a compassionate state. What? Some help. I mean, some people we're going to send back, okay? No question about that. (laughs) What the fuck? She sounds like she's going through her Neiman's order. Jenner endorsed Trump in his 2016 presidential campaign, but she later seemingly broke with him after he enacted a ban against most transgender people in the military. Do you remember that bitch? When it comes to President Biden, Jenner noted that I don't think I've agreed with anything. I don't think since he's been in there, he has done anything for the American worker, maybe other ones. Jenner added, so it is a um, it is a 180 degree turn in our country going in the other direction, and it scares me. California's recall system set up a two-step process for voters once an official election is scheduled later this year. Voters will first decide whether to recall Newsom. Next, regardless of their initial vote, they will choose between a re- roster of candidates who have qualified to run. A date for the election has not yet been set, but it will most likely be this fall. And Caitlyn Jenner better not fucking win. That's all I have to say. What the fuck is wrong with those fucking Jenners and Kardashians? How did Chris let this shit slip under her fingers? Slip through her fingers. Like, how did you... You're sitting there with Tom Bashak and like you're you're getting your emails and tweets about this. And how did you not debt this before this could even be a possibility? This is someone who you slept with for years. You know what I'm saying? Like you slept with this lady for years. You know her political, you know, MO, like you know what she's about. Why would you even let her go out there in times like this? Okay. Let's this ain't got nothing to do with like let's take Chris out of the situation and the generous. Let's focus on Caitlin. This 70-year-old woman is completely out of her fucking mind. If her worst case, like, if she thinks that just getting rid of homeless people and getting and building a wall is going to make her friends stay in California, them taking their planes and moving to fucking Arizona and to go fucking harass more other people about homeless people. Like, that is crazy. Like, not... I want to uh, feed and, and bed the homeless and shelter the homeless. We need to get rid of them. We need to get rid of the, you know, put the wall. We need to do all these things. So people who don't look like me, who don't live like me, won't bother people who live and look like me. That's insane to me. Like, the fact that this bitch is literally sitting in her fucking... Do y'all see these videos? Y'all have to click the link in the description. I'm not fucking kidding. And if you haven't, 
been on Twitter, they're making fun of her and all this bullshit. Like, this bitch bit the big one. One thing I never understood is, like, I have an issue with white, older gays anyway. Sometimes. Like, sometimes it seems as though they feel like they are, because they are white and gay, they are not gay. Um, They don't they lose a sense of struggle because they probably never really had one. Being gay was their biggest struggle. Coming out was their biggest struggle that they ever had to deal with. Clearly, Caitlyn, this was the her going, you know, becoming, you know, out as trans was the biggest struggle she had to deal with. And she really birthed two Jenner, the Jenner girls. Like, her biggest struggle in life was that she had to come out. And now that that's happened, now you forget what it's like to have human, you know, humility for other people who are different. Because, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to have the same struggle as them, but it means that you know what it's like to be in a struggle. So therefore, there should be... I, there's a lot of shit that I don't know about. I don't know what the fuck it's like to be a fucking Caitlyn Jenner. You know what I mean? Like, I don't... But I have empathy for her when she came out. I have no idea what this rich bitch... She's coming out on her motherfucking jet. But I still had empathy for her. I rooted for her. You know what I mean? The Diane Waters interview or whatever. Was it Diane Sawyer interview was everything to me when she shaded her down about her pantsuit and all this, that, and the third. I was there for it. I was kind of here for it. But every move she's made afterwards showed that that's exactly the issue that we have with white gays in our community anyway, is that they feel like because they're not among us, they're not in a um community of struggle they sh- are struggling but in their fucking fortresses in their homes and their jets in their fucking situations of pilot with the other um rubbing elbows with the rich and famous and so therefore this is their biggest struggle this is what they talk about during their power brunches and all this is that their their biggest part of the day was having to tell everybody that they was tra- they were trans but as a black trans person or a black poor trans person or a black poor trans per- person um, in America, you know, it's different. That's a whole different type of struggle um, as a black, um, a Hispanic um, trans person who is a illegal immigrant who's here, you know, because of DACA. Like there's a whole bunch of different struggles that you are you could not relate to. But uh, being black and transgendered in America, you can, to me, or being black and gay like myself, like, you can, if you have a sense of empathy, you can, or sympathy, like, you can literally look at somebody and put yourself in their, their shoes and be like, okay, your struggle is important. I can understand what that's like because I am different myself. Or I don't think Caitlyn has that ability. And I have, I've, I've grown to understand that that is a huge deal. And I, uh, that's, that's, that is the big deal that people are having with politics is that there are becoming, there's becoming a sense of empathy and sympathy and that they are giving people help in ways that white people don't understand. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that make any sense? Tweet me. Tweet me at Carmine Davis. Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show. Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis. It started, I feel like the issue that a lot of um, wealthy white people who even sometimes were raised poor, 
and then they they came up well quote unquote raised poor you know you were poor you had um oodles and noodles one time you know and all your sudden your dad's dad died and left the company and then all of a sudden y'all up you know what i mean like y'all living in calabasas you've lived in calabasas for most of your life and so you forget what it's like hard work got us here and i have not sympathy for people who don't work hard and blah 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 blah. but bitch that could have been you if you would have had the wrong on the other side of the grave you know what i'm saying like it, it if it didn't fall on the other side of the grave you know what i'm saying like I don't know. Like, I think sometimes people lose touch and not just just white people, but this is about a white trans person who is clearly out of touch, who is no position mentally to run for the governor of California. You know, like, no, it's a dub for me, Miss Jenner. Go sit your ass down and um, rally up maybe do a telethon to go help some homeless people so your friends don't have to look at them while they're going shopping and shit like that like that's ridiculous that's ridiculous man we were rooting for you girl we were all rooting for you how dare you learn something from this like when my mother yelled at me like this or read me like this, it's because she loved me. Learn something from this. When you go to bed at night, Caitlyn Jenner, you know, you lie there and you take responsibility for yourself because nobody else is going to take responsibility for you, girl. That is whack. That is weak. I don't understand what's wrong with these motherfuckers, y'all. Okay, anyway, let's move on. Let's move on to the artist spotlight. Um, Here, you know, who's uh, that? Here we talk about um, my favorite theme music. We talk about theme songs. Obviously, we're talking about theme songs today. But normally we talk about artists, um, albums, um, concert series, uh, genres. We talked about groups. Uh, We talked about scandals in music. All things music that I want to put a spotlight on. And this week, I want to talk about the black tv show theme songs and i'm running down because of with okay player we're running down the 25 best black tv show theme songs of all time now one thing about a black tv show now don't get me wrong there were some really dope ass seven i mean um sitcom theme songs um that were white you know like um what was it no um, that that was that was family matters um no i can't think of any i was just trying to be fair and i was just trying to be nice white sitcom themes suck but from the iconic good times theme to Gronish's soothing intro, here are the 25 best black TV show theme songs of all time. Black sitcoms have given pop culture some of the best theme songs in the history of TV. Whether they are the original covers or instrumentals, classic theme songs have stood the test of time. Connecting with audiences across generations. Black TV theme songs are cultural touchstones that identify the 
zeitgeist of the moment while introducing the audience to a new world of possibilities and the adventures that the show seeks to take fans on what has made black tv themed shows unique from white ones that throughout the years is that they usually incorporate popular black music of the time from soul and gospel music to the 70s to hip-hop and r&b in the 90s the songs were are were often performed by legendary artists of the times. The list of the names are staggering. Aretha Franklin, Quincy Jones, Queen Latifah, Will Smith, and DJ Jazzy Jeff, Brandy Solange, and more. Even when the theme song is absent of words, the melodies have stuck with us, eventually becoming fixtures and black culture. If the opening credits are designed to hold the attention of the viewers, then these black TV theme songs have done that and more. Here are the 25 best black TV show theme songs of all time. 25 Rock. Okay, Rock did not have a long run, but it was one of the most underrated sitcoms of the 90s. For the theme song, Jerry Lawson, lead lead singer of The Persuasions, gave a soul-stirring rendition of Billie Holiday's classic, God Bless the Child. In true doo-wop fashion, the tight harmonies on the background vocals with an acapella performance is still fired. In the latest season... In the last season, In Vogue, shout out to my girls In Vogue, sang Live Your Life Today, which was um, which was major, but the original really connected with the hardcore persona of Rock, who was the proudest trash man in the history of civilization. 24, give me a break. Many of Neil Carter's contributions have been tragically ignored. She was the leading actress in her own sitcom, and she sang the theme song. The song served as an anthem for women who were turning societal norms upside down and staking their claim in the world. Composed by Rob Christensen, I'm sorry. Composed by Rob Christensen and written by Rob Garrett and Marley Sim. Neil Nell Carter absolutely owns the song as only she could with her larger than life personality and impeccable vocal range. Carter belted out the song with undeniable authenticity. All right, 23, the Jimmy Fox show. These are more my speed. There was no way that anyone other than Jamie Foxx was going to perform the theme song for his show. The multi-talented singer, songwriter, and comedian used his show, his new show to put all the skills on display, especially his singing ability. Singing over some low-riding West Coast funk, Foxx's silky vocals was a recipe for success with an unforgettable theme song. A new song debuted, debuted during season three, but the original version slaps harder. 22, Eve. After becoming a multi-platinum selling rapper, Eve took her talents to the small screen with her TV show. The theme song is one of the most overlooked of the 2000s. While it didn't feature the pit bull in a skirt Eve herself, who wanted to focus all her energy on acting, the choice of the theme song wasn't too shabby in the form of Missy Miss Amina Elliott. I decided to not even do the music for the opening scene so people would can actually see me as an actress, Eve told the Sun Centennial at the time. Eve, how you do that? Eve, how you do that? Girl, that's the bitch that can really come up with a hook. I, you know, Missy, and a theme. Okay, 21, Grownish. Unlike many shows today, Grownish actually has a theme song, and it is a damn good one. Sung by co-stars Chloe and Halle, Grown epitomizes the sitcom as it chronicles the growing pains of young adults navigating the collegiate world. Not only is the grown... Not only is the grown 
theme song of the hit show, but it was single. It was a single from the dynamic duo's debut album. The kids are all right with lyrics like watch out world. I'm grown now. It's about to go down. My heart's beating so loud. Mama look, I'm grown now. Grown is the soundtrack of young black girls getting their first taste of independence. 20 proud family, proud family, family, proud, proud family. The 2000s featured a plethora of African-American animated shows, and The Proud Family comes in at the very top. The theme song of the show was sung by Solange Knowles, who was following in the footsteps of her big sister, Beyonce. Before her breakthrough as a bona fide cultural icon, singing the theme song for The Proud Family was one of, the Solange, one of Solange's first opportunities to shine. With backing vocals providing provided by none other than Destiny's Child, the Proud Family's theme song is an underrated gem that often gets overlooked. Nineteen sister, sister. Twenty and Tamara Mori burst into the scene in the mid nineties with their own sitcom about being separated at birth and then reuniting. While the show was successful, the energetic theme song is revered was revered by fans of the show. Sister Sister served up all the teenage enthusiasm that they could muster. Not only did T and Tamara star in the show, but they sang the theme song as well. Some thought that they were just lip syncing, but they were performing their own vocals. Tamara said in an interview with Hollywood Life, and in the beginning we were lip syncing and dancing to the theme, but we actually are singing it. Yes. Ow, wow, wow, wow. Oh, oh, oh. That is my favorite one. I don't know what else is coming after this, but let's do it. 18 Family Matters. Family Matters could have easily been titled The Steve Urkel Show, which I thought it was at one time. When Jaleel White emerged as the star of the show, it was a game changer, but the constant of the show was the catchy theme song written and sung by Jesse Frederick who also wrote and sung the Full House song As These Days Go By which I thought was similar As These Days Go By featuring jazzy ragtime piano riff that immediately resonated with audience Okay, 17 Half and Half Okay, okay, okay a very underrated show of the 2000s, Half and Half, often fell under the radar during its initial run. Just like the show's itself, the theme song, which was great, doesn't get the love that it deserves should. Sung by Melanie Daniels, the neo-soul-influenced song was extremely popular during the mid-2000s. Through this journey of discovery, you finding you, you finding me. That brings out the joy in chatting me. Okay, I'm done. All right, what's happening? It's number 16, composed by Henry Mancini. The theme song of What's Happening with this memorable instrumental and complements the hilarious cast of the characters about a show that featured black teenagers growing up in Los Angeles. Based on Cooley High. What's Happening deployed a laid-back, funky theme song that fit the youthful optimism and personalities of Rog, Dwayne, and Rerun. The mix, funk, jazz, and R&B by Mancini became even more popular in the syndication after its original run. Even the undated version in the 80s was pretty good. I never saw What's Happening. Not a single episode. Okay, so I'm going to shoot past the... um, 
some of these and go to number 13, Girlfriends. The Girlfriends themes. If you want to read all of these, click the link in the description box so you can go through and see maybe I missed one of yours. I possibly did. But I'm going to go and for the sake of time, I'm going to go straight to the ones that I love, okay? 13 Girlfriends. My girlfriends, they're through thick and thin. My girl, my girlfriends, they're through anything. My girlfriends. <laughs> Angie Stone. <laughs> Angie Stone's sultry vocals <laughs> laced the theme song of Girlfriends, and they wisely kept the song for the entirety of the show run. <laughs> the song ties in with the premise of the show, which is the deep bonds of black sisterhood. Although the song is relatively short, spanning all of 42 seconds, the power of the lyrics in Stone's flawless performance exude the sentimentals. I mean, the sentiments of the show. Girl, I don't know why that's not on. Um, on uh, like Spotify right now, I would listen to that all day. Okay, um, twelve hanging with Mr. Cooper. There are some occasions when both the theme song and the sitcom are forgotten about. This seems to be the case with Hanging with Mr. Cooper. While the show was good, the theme song was, may have been better. The opening song featured the incomparable In Vogue. Shout out to In Vogue, my girls, who were at the peak of their powers, who slayed the background vocals while co-star Don Lewis and Holly Robinson-Pete sang the leads. Without questions, they all nailed the theme song. 11, Moesha. Mo to the, eat to the. In 1996, Brandy was fresh off the release of her massive self-titled debut album. So when she made the move to star in her own show, Moesha, the timing could not have been better. As expected, she sang the theme for the show that bore her name. With Brandy's top-tier vocal ability, the theme song was sure to be a good one, and she didn't disappoint. A coming-of-age celebration of a black girl going through the ups and downs of teenage life, the theme song of Moesha was an anthem for black girls everywhere. Okay, let's skip ahead. Eight, Martin. Following the course of many sitcoms, the theme song of Martin, one of the most beloved sitcoms of all time, went through various incarnations. But the first season is by far the best of all the seasons, with Martin Lawrence ad-libbing over a hot instrumental, with DJ sketching the opening song was the perfect match for the hilarious sitcom. From the theme song alone, you know that the show was going to be crazy. The remix and the digital versions pale in comparison to the original adaptation. Um, living single at number five. We are living single. Ooh, in the nineties kind of world. I'm glad I got my girls. Okay. <clears throat> oh shit. Um, from the outset, <laughs> Living Single was a barrier-breaking TV show. As the show centered around the lives of our four black women in New York City, the theme song written and performed by the star Queen Latifah, one of the most acclaimed MCs in hip-hop, was a certified banger, with Queen Latifah lending her skills as an MC and producing the track. The living single theme song instantly became an all-time favorite who could forget the closing saxophone solo and Big Les's silhouette. 
Number two, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in West Philadelphia, being born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days, are some of the most well-known theme song lyrics. The classic theme song was composed in a couple of minutes, according to one of the creators, DJ Jazzy Jeff, recalling how the song came to be. He said, Jazzy Jeff's, we literally went into the studio and made the theme song in about 15 minutes. One of the things Will used to always say is the hardest part to come up with for a song is the concept, but the concept behind the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was already laid out. I ended up just going in and programming some music and he wrote something and laid it down. I did a rough mix and it sent it in. And then in three weeks it was on NBC. Number one, the Jeffersons. I'll go with the most iconic theme song of the history of television. We moving on up is an classic itself. Composed by the late Jeanette Dubois. Moving on up, captured the ethos of the Jeffersons as they left the hood of Queens and rode the wave of black capitalism to a deluxe apartment on the east side of Manhattan. A staple in hip-hop, the song has been sampled by the likes of On Batter Up and Be Rich on Woe Now and many others proving its enduring legacy. I did all the song because I'm writing my theme song. So this is why all of this was so important to me. I wanted to capture my show. And it's been a while since I've been trying to write it. It didn't take 15 minutes. Like everything I do, it takes a little while. But that's why I've been thinking about it. Which one was your favorite? Mine has to be Girlfriends. Tweet me yours. Tweet me at Carmine Davis. Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show. Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis. Let me know what you think. Which one is your favorite black TV sitcoms? And make sure you read all of them. I skip through them, go through the description, and make sure you check out and make sure I didn't miss yours, okay? All right, let's move on to the love, sex, and relationship segment. My favorite segment. <laughs> all of them are my favorite segments. <laughs> but anyway, so you guys know that every week, if you didn't know, this might come off like... Just a normal show, like me talking shit. But all of the, it's like a therapy session for me every week. It's more about me than it is about you. <laughs> and, you know, this week I want to talk about something that um, I don't have a lot of experience in or I used to not have a lot of experience in. And um, thanks to Cosmopolitan.com, now I understand it and I know I'll never do it again. And that is going through a nigga's phone. Um, why and how are 60% of you creeping on your partner's phone? Real phone snoopers explain their tactics and reasoning. All right, so we're going to break it down, show you how to do it right, how to do it. And actually, I actually used this method <laughs> this week <laughs> with some, I had never been through somebody's phone before, but this week there was so much going on. I can't really go into detail about it. Um, find out that this, you know, this nigga was texting somebody who I cannot stand and blah, blah, blah. And my motherfucking face, we blew up. We had a problem. And I don't give a fuck what nobody says. I feel fine. <laughs> Knowing the truth. I'm not somebody who feels like, oh, it's better to not know. No, I want to fucking know. Especially when somebody who is not telling you what you need to know. Okay, so... A new survey by HP shows that 
a majority of Americans are pretty nosy about what's going on on their partner's phones and computer screens. The survey asks 3,000 general consumers and 1,500 office workers about their sneaky phone peeping behavior, both in the workplace and at home. And to be honest, the results are kind of brow-raising. Six out of ten people admit to looking at their partner's private text messages and photos at some point without them knowing. Have you ever so much as glance at your partner's phone without them knowing? Possibly more alarming is the fact that 8 out of 10 people admit to creeping on any screen if a notification popped up, like a fellow airplane passenger's phone or a co-worker's computer. That's me. Another star stat shows that 50% of people hide their own computer or phone screens from their someone in an order in order to prevent them from seeing what they're doing. I guess it's understandable to reflexively look at someone's phone when a notification makes a noise and dings, but actually snooping to the point of getting their password and going so without them knowing is definitely an invasion of privacy. I don't do such shit on my partner's phone, but I'd be pissed if my partner ever went through mine for any reason. Then again, if you're snooping, you're probably suspicious for an other reasons at this point anyway my main curiosity is how exactly these people who peep on their partner's phones do it successfully like yeah you could just watch them put in their password and then sneak into it while they're not looking but is it really it to figure it out i asked some self-identified phone peepers on how and why they peep now it's important to note that we don't support creeping on your partner's phone. I personally do. It's always advisable to talk to someone and air out any suspicions, suspicions over invading someone else's privacy. But one of out of pure curiosity, here are some things that they had to say. Cat 26. I've looked at the phones of five people I've dated. I looked at the first three phones because the guys made me feel like they were hiding something from me. My suspicions were correct on all three times. I snooped on the last two guys out of fear of being cheated on again. Tara, 29. I had my suspicions. He had female coworker friends and their friendships were so weird to me. Turns out they would have weird conversations that were t- teetering on the line of inappropriate. They'd also make plans for when I was at work and always be going out doing things, coming best friends, hanging out. Justine, 27, in retrospect, there were some signs that I just chose to ignore. It was just a gut feeling and then it was just a rabbit hole of digging up some more shit. Okay, so how did you snoop on your partner's phone? Cat, ordering food from his phone is the prime time to do a super fast sweep. When you have the phone, be indecisive about your order so you can wait until he gets up to do something or go to the bathroom to open the text or IG DMs or whatever you see him all being the most sneaky about. You can always tell what they do, don't want you to see. You can tell pretty fast if he's texting another woman. This is not the best time to confront him about it, but you can at least get a name and gather intel from social media and then build your case so you can catch him later down the line. Uh, Colleen, on my ex's phone, I legit had my fingerprint saved. But now that most people have face ID, I just pay attention and memorize the password. But don't ever let them know I can I have it. Okay. What did you do with the info you found while snooping? Cat, I confronted the guys about it, but ultimately did nothing. 
Colleen, I woke up, I woke him up and broke up with him as soon as I saw him. That's right. Justine, I took photos of all the stuff I found on his phone and sent it to him. And then he called to explain. I read them all out one by one and really dug for the information. Would you do it again? Cat, yeah, I would. I'd rather know. I just hope I'd listen to my gut and dump somebody if I found evidence that they were cheating on me rather than stick around and let myself get mistreated. All I did with my discoveries was let them eat me alive and destroy my self-esteem and trust in other people. Colleen, for future relationships, I can't say. I snoop on my current partner now, but I haven't found anything worthy of breaking up over. It's just like, oh, you're watching weird porn, huh? But doesn't everyone? Justine, yeah, I'd probably do it again. The aftermath sucks, but I'd rather know than continue being the idiot. We worked through it, but now I straighten straight up pick up his phone and dig whenever I want. I'll look over his shoulder when he's browsing or texting when we're together. It's not that he it's not like he can complain since it's his own fault to be honest. Any regrets? Cat, not really. The only thing I regret is not leaving my abusive relationship sooner. I wish I hadn't stuck around trying to bury my anger and hurt. And I wish I'd known more about gaslighting and emotional abuse. Live and learn, I guess. Colleen, I regret it when I do it now because it's like I said I haven't found anything incriminating but I keep doing it like shake my head why can't I just trust him Justine no way no regrets at all not even a little bit okay so I actually got I just guessed um my friend's part my friend's um password recently and uh, i just guessed it the first time i did it we were out somewhere we were drunk and i was like what the let me it was a text message from somebody who he knows i hate so all right this isn't my nigga nigga you know what i mean but like we're around each other all the time he hears me going hoop to hoop to hoop about this bitch laughing at me you know laughing and making it seem like oh yeah that's crazy that's stupid and so I just knew that this wasn't the same person that he was texting. So I was like, what would be his password? This is one of the most simplest, complicated people that I've ever met in my life. So I'm like, boom. First chance. First one. I was like, oh. I went, Cloop. I was like, oh my goodness. It was like, and it was literally who I hated. The bitch that I've been talking about. I can't stand this nigga's texting her and like this person is the physical person who I'm dating is bisexual so he flirts with women and he talks to other women and all this that and the third and I think sometimes when bisexual men you date or whatever they think that being with a man is different than and then a woman those are two different things like you could do dip and dab so what I did was like I kind of kept it, you know, like I sat there, we were drunk, we were all having a good time. I was like, you don't know him like that to keep it like like that. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of read it, took a picture of it on my phone, sent it to myself and sent it to my, my friend and was like, I told you them bitches were talking. And so I kept it kept it G for a little while, kind of like poked and, you know, he tried to act like he didn't know who the bitch was. I'm like the bitch that you've been texting, you know, inside of me. I'm like, nigga, are you fucking kidding me? 
but I had to keep it cool. I'm like, why would you? So I lied and told her, told him that the girl told me they had been texting. This nigga's face just squooped. And then so recently, you know, he was like, go through my phone. I know you know the password. I know you know the password. So he kind of acted like he was trying to let me go through it or he went through it, but like was trying to like slide past a particular person. This bitch texted another bitch that I can't stand. And all the bitches in the world, and I know we're not official and everything like that, but all the bitches in the world, why do you have to find the bitches that I hate the most who literally are jealous of me and who want to taste me these bitches are obsessed with me they want to fuck me it's a, it's a whole nother thing this is a whole nother story i can't give too many details like but these bitches are on my motherfucking body they want to be me they want to wear my skin these bitches want to ride like me they want to they want to ride with you like i do so why the fuck are you texting these bitches you know that i talk to you about it every fucking day i don't fuck with these sneaky bitches out of all the bitches in the world why are you texting these hoes these are the biggest hoes in alpharetta why them? And I still don't really understand why. And, but now that game has been peeped. You don't have to look like a damn fool. I'm pro going through phones now. This is the first time I've ever been through anybody's phone. Because to me, if a nigga wants to move funny, I can move hilarious. Dave Chappelle, Bernie Mac. Um, I'm fucking Steve Hightower in this bitch. Like, I don't give a fuck. A yuck, yuck, yuck. I, I, I'm hilarious, bitch, and never forget it. Any nigga that's coming at me from here on out, understand that. We could all be cool, or we could be moving funny. And I'm, on, I'm telling you, I'm getting a standing ovation. I'm getting a sequel. Um, Beverly Hills Cop, two, three, four, five, six, seven, Eddie Murphy in this bitch. Like, I promise you. But I guess that's the way to end the show. I don't know. Do you, have you ever been through your partner's phone? Do you regret it? I don't think you do. <laughs> I don't understand. To me, I get the invasion of privacy if you want to use it that. I feel like people who say it's an invasion of privacy are the ones who are doing something they're not supposed to. There are things that you want to keep from your partners. Like, I don't go through emails because business is different. You know what I mean? Like, person i'm talking to do some you know type of business so i don't want to know information and all that kind of stuff but texts especially familiar names and shit like that like this nigga got a whole message of bitches and if okay i'm around you all the time you the one who i'm who am i laying i don't even see these bitches then what's the point what's the point But anyway, again, fuck these niggas. You find something that's believe it. And don't let these niggas make you think you crazy. And on on that note, I'll see y'all next week. (laughs) I love y'all. Y'all stay safe. Be blessed. Get vaxxed. And let's do the motherfucking thing. See y'all next week.